Anywho, Geek Mom uh, has wearable clues, and uh, it's all working out now. So this is the clue that goes into the wearable of the breadboard, and it was a um, micro bit. Yeah, you get that um, that RGB LED is pointing at the color sensor, and so she's actually changing the NeoPixel based on the color sensor built into the clue, which is neat because there's all these sensors that the clue has that um, the micro bit is not. Yeah. You can do more advanced projects. Okay. Uh, next up, you can check out all the new feathers. Ladina, maybe you can talk about this. This is the um, upcoming super early, don't ask, it's not out yet, Feather M7 RT1011, designed by Arturo168. I can't remember the number of his name, or 182, uh, who's been uh, doing a lot with the IMX uh, NXP chipset. So this is uh, a, a very inexpensive but very powerful chip. It runs at 500 megahertz. Um, and we thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool to make this into a feather? Um, it's very, very fast, and you know we can um, run CircuitPython on it. We already have a build of CircuitPython and working on having the UF2 bootloader as well. Um, but basically what we wanted to do is try to get um, this like $1 chip onto a feather so we could get it onto the world, because I think a lot more people would use this chip if it was available, and uh, it's coming soon, soon, soon. But um, very exciting four-layer board with a USB-C connector. Okay, and this is one of the new learn guides? Mm -hmm. This is a new guide from Brian. Uh, this is the um, STM32F405 Feather um, running CircuitPython with an OLED display and a, a pressure sensor with a port on it. And the port has a tubing connected to it, and so it can turn it into a sip and puff sensor. And uh, what's neat is that um, Brian did a really interesting structure where there's a callback system for different sip and puff strengths. So if you have like a weak sip or a strong puff, you'll get a callback and then you can perform different functions um, based on um, what the pressure sensor measured. So this is for making alternative user interfaces, sometimes for accessibility, but also like Phil, you were thinking, um, you know, what if you had a puppet that you could control some of it using your mouth? Like there was that musician who would have like had yeah, a tube that went into his yeah. guitar. Can't remember the name of him off the top of my head. But um, so you can use the pressure of your mouth to, um, as a sensor, to read and control other mechatronics, robotics, what have you. Okay, and then just a little bit of a update. We have 214 libraries. So for many. Circuit Python. And even more contributed libraries. And don't forget, um, coming up pretty soon, the Open Hardware Summit is in March. We have uh, Circuit Python on the wearable watch badge. Correct. It is uh, made by Oshpark, SparkFun, DigiKey, and I think each participant will get one. Yeah. We also will have 3,000 clues at PyCon. You'll get a clue there. If you're at PyCon, we will have a clue for you. And that is the Python on Hardware News for this week. Python on joysticks. Yeah. Okay. Help on it. Over on jobs.adafruit.com, two new jobs came up. Um, these are companies that are looking for uh, help. So this is a small job, contract basis, Arduino ESP8266. It's freelance. It's with Chicagotronics. And then the next one is a freelance individual work making thermal camera with alarm product. Your pace. So that means your timing. And uh, great, great freelance work anywhere in the U.S. Great to get contract, remote work. You don't have to leave your home. You can be quarantined and still have a job. Check yeah. these out. Okay. Um, so if you haven't already, um, do check out jobs.adafruit.com. And like I said, you can post your skills up. Or if you're a company looking for 
a cool maker or engineer or community manager or marketer or whatever, uh, we have a pretty good success rate. A lot of people we know in the industry got their job from jobs.com. It's true. And there's also volunteer opportunities. If you want to volunteer or get volunteers, it's also a good place yep. to post. All right. Time travel. Hey, look in the world. Uh, makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. Um, it would be, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention there is COVID going kind on. It looks a little bit like me, a little pink hair going COVID's on. going on. And you know, we've been doing the show for over 10 years, so you can look back at everything that happened during Sandy. Uh, we kept everybody updated. Uh, every time there's been some type of international, national, local, whatever it is, um, we try to make sure that we discuss it if it has something to do with our, you know, electronic maker community. So, so far, here's a COVID-19 update. Our supply, yeah, our supply chain has been fine. We um, have a very good predictive inventory system that we've worked really hard over the last 10 years. And because it was uh, Chinese New Year, like it is every year, we not only over-order, but we also do projections of, of what to order. So we actually had quite a bit of stuff ready to go in stock. And that's why you've been able to buy stuff every single day on Adafruit. And one thing we don't do is back orders. So if you place the order, we're shipping it. So we've been having um, pretty good in stock percentages all throughout the month. Um, the things that weren't shipping, like components and other things or PCBs, are shipping now. So uh, we're able to. So uh, slowly, so there's gonna, it's going to take another week or two. Yeah. But you know, we got circuit boards today, so we have some new products, and yeah. you'll see a bunch more new products, a bunch of stuff coming into stock. We're still going to do a couple coming soon while we're waiting. Yeah. But um, things are trickling in. And we always have enough products in the pipeline. Like some weeks we have like ten new products, some weeks we have four. So uh, we're in a good spot. We, we definitely try to be as robust as possible and, and kind of plan for the worst. Uh, after the tariffs happen, we tried to make sure our supply chain was diversified enough so we do some manufacturing here in the U.S. We also have other partners in other states in the U.S. We also have overseas partners. We, we try to make sure that we're not just stuck doing one thing in one way because the, the world seems to be pretty chaotic at times. I don't think it's ever not been chaotic, but I think it's just more... Um, apparent how chaotic is because of social media and the 24-hour news cycle and just how life is. So uh, we did a good job with that. Now, here comes, you know, other stuff. Yeah. Um, so what we've told our teams is so right now, San Francisco just uh, like a few hours ago declared a um, emergency, city emergency, yeah. because of the upcoming pandemic. No reported cases, but they're like, hey, it's everybody, upcoming, upcoming. get ready. Yeah, uh, right before we got on air um, in Nassau County, which is like Long Island, they said there's people that are self-quarantining. No positive um, results for any test yet, um, but they're just making sure because they were in areas that may have, may have had that. So in our, in our internal teams were... Um, really good at working remotely. We have uh, anyone on the team pretty much has that as part of their employment here. If they can work remotely, um, we've always managed to work it out in some way. So that's taken care of. Um, we also have a lot of, of team members that are not even in the state of New York and business as usual for them. We also uh, made sure that all the team members have all the information they need. Um, you know, we always, uh, we're really sanitary here, so we always have, like, there's lots of hand washing, so hand lots washing. of things. You know, we've already gone through that with um, the, the, the training with the teams because it's always important to us. Um, we have uh, really good uh, housekeeping and janitorial staff that takes care of Adafruit every single day. So all that stuff is, is really important to us, and we'll continue to give everyone updates. But I do, I, I want to say, I, I think everything's going to be, you know, uh, you, don't, don't go crazy at all. However, do know that there is going to be uncertainty ahead. Every day is different. 
and um, we'll do our best. When Sandy shut down half of New York, we were doing updates. Uh, we made a smart decision, and we did not have our servers in the same location as our company. So we were able to take orders of the stuff that were in stock, but eventually, you know, that, that stopped. So after a couple weeks, um, we were back in business. So that's all the stuff we're doing. If there's any updates for customers, like if anything's going to get delayed in any, in any way, we'll let everyone know on our blog. Our team's uh, completely trained up. So I feel like we're doing the best possible thing. We're going to continue to do that. We'll see. Yeah, outside of our control. We'll see. So all we can do is control what we can. Yeah. Um, one other thing, I think this is good for like friends and family. Um, if people are looking for information, go to cdc.gov. That's pretty much the best place. Yeah. Especially if you want to know what you should do if you're uh, an employer or if you're someone who's going to travel soon. Um, one of the really important things, no matter where you are in the country, because you never know where sometimes it popcorns, it's a, the term where it clusters. Um, if you're someone who has kids, just figure out in advance, like, what happens if there's a school closure? How do you take care of um, you know, child care? There's all this stuff that just, it's a good idea to just have a preparation plan. Yeah. So, um, so you're not surprised, like, oh, I never thought that yeah, could happen. Yeah, like, sometimes it snows here in New York, and there's snow closures, so we have to, we, you know, we have to figure that out. So this is a good time to go through what is your, you know, preparation, what's your plan for all this? So um, the cdc.gov site has a lot of good materials. One thing I've heard, unfortunately, is when you look at the news, sometimes they accidentally say cdc.gov, and that's just a domain name for sale. cdc.com? Yeah, cdc.com, sorry. Yeah. yeah, so go to cdc.gov. Yeah, and I see them say it, go to cdc.com, and just, no! So yeah. cdc.gov has all the information. Okay. Okay, yeah, thank you for everyone in the chat who posted that up. All right, next up, we are an open source hardware company, and it's we true. have an announcement. We mentioned this before, but we wanted to mention it now because we have a guide. We'll talk about that soon. Is Adafruit is now part of the Zephyr project, the Yay. open source ecosystem. So we're excited. Uh, they just did their social media rounds and everything. Um, what a cool time. So yes. part of Linux Thanks, Foundation. Kate. Yeah, thank you, Kate. What a cool time to do stuff because Zephyr looks like a lot of the chip makers that we work with are choosing that. To, we're doing a lot of Nordic, yeah, STM. Know, like that's the way they're going. So we wanted to join IoT is the, the Zephyr every project. Chip. Yeah, we want to join the Zephyr project. So one, um, we have a way to know what's going on. We can keep up to date. And, you know, if there's uh, decisions that they want our input for, we have a way to do that. That's right. We call into the weekly Yeah, Scott's been meeting. Scott's been doing that. So um, next up, I mentioned that we're an open source hardware company. One of the things uh, that, that, that we have that goes along with all that open source hardware is 2,137 guides. Lady Ada, what were the guides this week? Uh, okay, so this week we had a guide on um, how to blink an LED using Zephyr. So it's getting started with the uh, Zephyr Artos. Uh, that's by Lucian, and that's using our STM32 F405 Feather. Um, STM32 is well supported in Zephyr, um, but he added like a variant for the Feather board, uh, which is also kind of exciting. So we're, we're starting to contribute back to Zephyr. Um, and uh, yeah, this can this actually tells you how to get started. It's it's a little bit like Arduino in some ways, um, and it's it's very powerful. And especially as we do more with chips that have Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, you're going to really see um, the power of something like Zephyr come out. Uh, we also uh, have a guide from JP on making CircuitPython BLE advertising beacons. So you can uh, turn your Circuit Playground, Bluefruit, your Itsy Bitsy Bluefruit, or any of our NRF52840 CircuitPython boards into an Eddystone beacon uh, to transmit a URL. 
and um, he shows you how to do that either just by transmitting a single URL or using buttons and uh, just the display on the clue board to um, cycle through various URLs. So uh, a handy, you know, this was a really big thing a couple of years ago making Bluetooth beacons. Now you can try it out for your own and it's super easy with CircuitPython. We also have a big project, the Peloton CircuitPython Cycling Computers. This is uh, a, a play on the Peloton bicycle where um, this is a bicycle computer that you can strap onto your stationary bike or a moving bike if you like, but it's designed for stationary bikes. You connect it to your heart rate meter. You can uh, connect it to uh, Bluetooth cadence and uh, wheel speed um, sensors on your bicycle. And you can even pair it with your phone to see what music is being played and you can use the buttons to control uh, next and previous song. So you can uh, go through your music without having to reach for your phone, which is a little bit more dangerous than just pressing a button on your handlebar. Um, and uh, a lot of code went into this to manage multiple BLE connections, to calculate the heart rate and cadence and, and how fast you're going uh, in miles per hour. Um, this is a project by uh, Dylan H, who uh, is doing some projects for us in CircuitPython. And then JP wrote up the guide, so it was a collaboration. And Noah and Pedro will be publishing a guide on the 3D printed case in a week or two. Okay. Uh, so main New York City factory footage, take it away, get to your factory. factory footage without a view of the construction outside our windows here. That's what it looks like. Is it a building made for ants? Well, it's a, I believe uh, Disney, who owns that property across the street, owns the series Ants, or Ant-Man, or a variety of ant characters based, based technology. throughout history that have an ant in it. Yeah. I think they own it all now. Okay, um, 3D printing. Let's see what uh, Noah and Pedro did this week. Uh, this week's video is a Circuit Playground Blue Fruit Express video along with how the app works. And then we're going to show the uh, really cool uh, Doctor Who based um, speed up. So you'll see that. So okay. we'll play them back to back. We'll see you on the other side. All right. See you soon. Hey, what's up, folks? In this video, we're taking a look at Adafruit's Circuit Playground Blue Fruit. This dev board is great for folks just getting started with electronics and programming. 
It's got tons of onboard sensors like an accelerometer, a temperature sensor, a speaker, a PDM mic, and 10 NeoPixels. It features the NRF52840 with an M4 Cortex processor for wireless Bluetooth connectivity. With the Bluefruit Playground app, you can interact with the board in lots of fun and interesting ways. It's designed for iOS devices, so you can use an iPhone or an iPad to download the app for free from the App Store. You can download the UF2 file from the Learn Guide and drag and drop to install it on your board. The welcome screen walks you through the setup and helps you get started. With the firmware installed, you can select the device from the list to start pairing. You can explore different modules to get an idea of what type of projects you can make. Use the puppet mode to puppeteer Sparky the Blue Smoke Monster. You can open and close his mouth and press the buttons to trigger different animations. This uses the onboard accelerometer to detect the orientation. The tone generator lets you play notes like a piano so you can create musical projects. The NeoPixel mode lets you trigger different animations, and the color picker lets you change up the colors. And that's just a few of the awesome things you could do with the Playground app for Circuit Playground Bluefruit. There's tons of projects on Adafruit's learning system so you can browse and find something you really want to build or make something new. The featured learn guide has all of the documentation you need so you can learn how to use all of the onboard sensors and pinouts. With the large touchpads, you can easily connect a strip of NeoPixels using alligator clips. We think these projects are great for classrooms and workshops, so you can use the learn guides to help teach folks about programming electronics. With CircuitPython, you can write your Python code to quickly develop projects. With Adafruit's demo code and libraries, you can make BLE projects that can connect and control other BLE devices. Head over to circuitpython.org to download the latest version for your hardware. There's multi-language support, so you can select your preferred language and download the latest firmware. You can double press reset to get the board into bootloader mode. Then just drag and drop the file to automatically flash the new firmware. It shows up like a USB drive, so all of your code and libraries are accessible on any computer with USB. There's tons of other features and supported programming languages, so definitely check out the Learn Guide. Links are in the description. Thanks so much for watching, and don't forget to subscribe for more products from Adafruit. No page will return next week, so 11 a.m. Eastern time on Thursdays. More extreme to come. Yep. So learn how to make all that stuff you just saw. All right, Lady Ada. Well, uh, the code is NeoWing. Don't forget, 10% off all the way up to 11:59 p.m. tonight, except for Ada Box.
or gift certificates or Code Academy courses, and it once again helps support us, a manufacturing company in New York City. No loans, no venture capital, independent, profitable, but it's only because y'all buy stuff once in a while. So buy something once in a while. Thanks. That's all you gotta do. Okay, um, ready? Yeah. All right, well, uh, first up, we'll probably be shipping Adabox uh, only a little bit later um, because of the international shipping issues and supply chain things, but uh, that doesn't mean you can wait any longer. We have less than 100 openings, so go to adabox.com and go pick up an Adabox. Next up. All right, we've got some coming soon new products. So we've got two submersible pumps. These are used for... Um, water fountains like low-cost desktop fountains or like little like outdoor fountains but they're also great for plant watering projects we actually got these uh to match up with our bonsai buckaroo friend for microbit and clue to do plant watering projects so these are pumps where you actually put them inside a bucket of water and then uh, they pump water out through the little spout and so i can show on the overhead an example these are different than like our peristaltic pumps where there's two tubes, one input, one output. This um, pump actually goes uh, inside, you can see it goes inside the um, bucket of water here. And then we have these tubes that connect. And I can try a live demo. This wasn't working, but maybe if I'm lucky. Okay. So you can see water gets pumped out. Uh, this project's only pumping out water every few seconds. You can get me wet here. Um, but it can actually do, you know, like a quite a bit of water. If you turn it on, it'll, it'll pour out, you know, maybe like a gallon in a minute or so. Um, so good for making fountains, plant watering projects, not good for water that you're going to drink or anything that's not water. So like don't put it into soda or lemonade or alcohol, whatever. If you want to do projects where people consume the liquid, use our peristaltic pumps because you can use food safe uh, vinyl. And of course the liquid doesn't go through the pump itself. So we have two types, a vertical type and a horizontal type. Basically depends on how it stands. Um, they're basically the same pump, it's just the plastic is a little bit different. Okay, it looks like we have some tube. And we have some vinyl tubing that goes with the pump. So um, again, this is not food safe. This is you know PVC with stuff in it. It's good for making uh, fountains. It's good for making uh, plant watering projects or hydroponic projects. Um, but it's very easy to cut. It's just vinyl tubing. All right, next up. Next up, we have uh, the Garmin LiDAR Light V4. So we carry a couple of LiDARs that are like laser distance sensors from Garmin, and they're also making um, light-based distance sensors. So I think these are probably UV, uh, sorry, not UV, IR light um, that's lensed and bounced off of an object and then met the, the amount of um, strength or maybe the time of flight of the light is what's measured. Um, this doesn't use a laser, even though it's called a LiDAR. Um, I guess these days people say LiDAR for any light-based distance measurement, but a lot of people think it means laser. This is an IR LED-based solution, not a true laser, but it's a lot less expensive because of that. Um, what's interesting about this is it's got an NR52840 inside of it, and it exposes the SWD pins. So you can actually reprogram the chip inside, say with Arduino or I mean, I guess you could probably try to figure out how to do it with CircuitPython, but note that the USB pins are not exposed. So um, you can do Bluetooth low energy type stuff with it for advanced development with the Nordic chipset where you're reading um, the data from the sensor and then transmitting it wirelessly. 
But for most people, they'll just use the I2C interface that's available on those pins. You can see there's like 10 pins. Check out the data sheet for the pinout, but there's like power ground, I2C, and then some other pins, some GPIO pins, and then SWD uh, uh, reprogramming and debug. Okay, we also have this nifty cable. Um, this cable is a interesting, an interesting cable. Let me grab my demo. Okay, so this is a JST um, SH five pin to four pin adapter cable. Get in there and I can show this demo. Okay, so on the overhead, um, you see here I have, well, it's upside down, but you have a uh, MKR0. So these are the Arduino-based uh, boards that are used for like IoT projects. They have a whole bunch of different ones. They have cellular ones, they have Wi-Fi ones, they have like ones that do LoRa, they have ones that do Sigfox. Um, this is the Maker Zero, so it's a SAMD21 chip. And um, the Maker boards, a lot of them have these um, like five pin connectors and people are like, what are these connectors? Well, this connector actually has um, five volt ground and I2C connection, connections available. And so this cable takes those pins and then converts them into a STEMIQT. So you can uh, use it with any of our boards that say uh, STEMIQT on the back or the front. However, uh, I do wanna make a caveat note. So the power pin on this is five volts, not three volts. And all of the STEMIQT breakouts we have uh, contain a voltage regulator um, on the back here. So it converts the five volts into three volts. So you can safely use this to power this OLED or whatever sensors we have that are on the STEMIQT breakout. Um, however, if you're using this and you wanna use this with a SparkFun quick board, um, a lot of them don't have any regulators on them. And so you just have to be aware of that, that you don't wanna plug this into something that isn't safe to use with five volt power. And um, our QT boards are, but not everything that has this connector is. So that's why we think this is probably best only for our STEMI QT boards. Another thing that isn't an issue that we found, but is good to know is that um, our boards have a light pull up to uh, the VN pin from the I2C data and clock pins. On the SAMD21, it doesn't seem to mind that the, you know, it's going to float a little bit higher than 3.3 volts, um, but you can put stronger pull-ups uh, pull from the um, SDA and SCL pins here to 3 volts to counteract it. But either way, you know, if you're just plugging in one device, uh, it seems to be just fine, and you can uh, you know, connect OLED, connect um, GPS, you have uh, sensors of various types. Uh, it's a great way to extend your MKR boards with our STEMIQT series. Okay. Handy cable. And next up, the star of the show, besides you, Lidata, and our community is? The Neopixelate M4 Featherwing, which I have to clear off some space here because this demo yeah, is I'm so I'm going to show some photos big. of it. Show some photos. Okay, while, so first off, this PCB is green because we're still waiting for our uh, primary PCB fab to come back from their uh, Chinese New Year slash COVID break. Um, okay, I'll get my... Do you want me to go to the overhead? Uh, yeah, go for it. Okay, so what does this do? What, what are you even looking at here? So what you're seeing here is eight uh, NeoPixel strips of 144 LEDs, and it's like red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, so it's like a lovely rainbow of different colors. And they're all connected to um, this Feather M4 here, 
And uh, it's got a doubler with the um, feather wing in question here, which is the NeoPixelate feather wing. So let me unplug this and show it. So what this does is it has level shifters on it and it has connectors that are ether, either either ethernet or you can have uh, plain GPIO breakouts. And it takes um, eight pins from the feather M4 and um, level shifts them from three volts to five volts. And also this works very well. It's designed to work with our NeoPixelate library, which uses uh, timer DMA on the SAMD51 so that all those NeoPixels are get updated. It happens behind the scenes. Like, so if you wanna do animations, control a huge number of pixels and you don't want that delay, you don't have to uh, use a, our standard NeoPixel library that's blocking because you can use the DMA on the 7051, it means you can do a lot more like dithering or smooth animations because you can say, hey, draw these NeoPixels and then immediately it returns back to the user code uh, and the DMA goes, goes off and runs on its own and you can compute and calculate um, the next hue and saturation limits or if you have to do animations or if you have to read data from Wi-Fi or Bluetooth and then do some calculations. Um, this is what this Featherwing does. So it has no like microcontroller on it. It's just a level shifter, basically, but it has the right pinouts to make it work great with our Feather M4. So it's a low cost way to extend your Feather M4 to make it perfect for large scale NeoPixel projects. We did the math. Given the Feather M4 has 192K of RAM, you can control 16,000 NeoPixels, if okay. you so wished. It's a lot. It's a lot. All right, and with that is... Yay! All right, let's do a recap. New, 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 Recap new. We have these submersible pumps. They're low-cost fountain pumps, but they're also great for plant watering projects. That's what we think they're good for. Horizontal type, vertical type. We also have some vinyl tubing that goes with them. Not good for human drinkable water projects, but great for plant drinkable water projects. The LiDAR light. Uh, V4 from Garmin is a NR52840 chip inside that's Bluetooth and Ant compatible with a uh, IR transmitter receiver pair for distance measurements up to 10 meters. Uh, it's got some GPIO exposed as well. You can uh, use an I2C device mode or you can reprogram that NR52840 inside for more advanced uses. We have this handy five pin JST to four pin JST SH cable that'll let you plug in our Stemma QT boards, sensors, displays, GPSs, what have you, into your Arduino MKR board. So handy, you've got an MKR board, it's got that connector, why don't you plug something in, plug and play, no soldering required. And the star of tonight's show is the NeoPixelate M4 Featherwing. Plug this into your Feather M4 and it will give you eight level shifted outputs that are connected to uh, DMA capable NeoPixel pins, use it with our NeoPixelate Featherwing library to control up to 16,000 NeoPixels, which is a huge number, and uh, we don't recommend that because it's like going to be heavier than the sun. Or you can just uh, take advantage of the DMA to do advanced um, animations, data manipulation, so you can send data to those NeoPixels, return immediately, and start calculating the next frame of data for your NeoPixel display. And that was a new product. Okay, uh, don't forget, NeoWing, any of that stuff you saw in stock, go add it to the cart. The serious Wharton. And <laughs> you're also supporting a open source effort, a good cause, good business, called Adafruit. It's true. Um, let's uh, remind everybody, we'll see you over in Discord in a few minutes to answer questions, adafruit.at slash Discord. But for now, 
Let's do some top secret. Yeah. Okay, from the vault. Open the vault. We have an expanded series of photos of the new feather from uh, Arturo and Lady Ada, and it's an NXP-based yes. processor. Yes, Feather M7RT1011. These are the first prototypes. Again, slightly delayed from COVID, but we're not stopping. Nothing can stop us now. It's got the RT1011, a 500 megahertz uh, Cortex M7 processor. Uh, we think this is going to be an amazing feather to use with CircuitPython. Um, all that speed is going to be great for doing uh, interpretive calculations. And of course, you have uh, 120K of RAM, so that's plenty of RAM, external flash, and we even fit a QT connector on there. Okay, next up. Here's a rendering of the new, coming soon, clear badge. Mike Dole's designing it for the Adafruit Edge Badge. Edge Badge, Pi Badge, Pi Badge LC. Yeah. You want a case for it? We're designing one okay. very early, coming soon. Then we have uh, three different stemmas that are coming soon. Lady Ada, what are they? Okay, this is the DS1841, so it's an I squared C logarithmic potentiometer. We have a linear potentiometer, but all those audio people who are like, oh, I need log for, you know, whatever, my volume output or your VCO, what have you. Um, we're going to have this uh, log pot out. It's a digital, I think, like 256 pot, uh, tap pot, um, I squared C controlled. And, uh, of course, you can have a couple in a row. I think it's non-volatile, too. Uh, the now 7802, I love the now part. It's a 24-bit ADC. It's designed for um, connecting to strain gauges and other like uh, high precision sensors. It's very slow. It's only like, you know, maybe 80 samples per second or something, um, but great for uh, measuring high precision data acquisition targets. And uh, a redesign, this is Rev C now of the ICM 2948. Uh, I had to squish all this into 0.7 by one inch, um, but this is a nine DOF sensor from TDK, people are really liking this sensor because it's a 9DOF and uh, it's got a built-in fusion engine, which hopefully we can get working. So you can get quaternion data without having to do any calculation on chip, which is of course, very exciting. And that's top secret, back in the vault. Back in the vault. Okay, we're gonna take some questions over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Join all 16,000 of us. You can hang out there even more not there. I have a couple I'm ready questions for it. lined up. Um, so I'll just summarize this one. Uh, the Garmin sensor, uh, it's a good price, yay. Um, but since it's IR, will it have any issues with sunlight? I don't know. That's actually a good question for Garmin. They make good sensors, and it's a lens sensor. It probably has automatic gain control and stuff. I mean, I don't know the innards, of course. Um, but if you need details, um, Garmin has very good tech support. They've been very responsive to all my questions. Okay. Um, for the water pumps, um, we put them in coming soon, so they'll be here any moment. Um, no ETA, but they're, they're yeah, shipping, they're, they're on their way. Yeah. They're someplace. On, on their way. They're on their way. Um, next up, uh, do gift certificates expire? No, never. Um, we don't think that's good, so we would never do that. Yeah, so if you got a gift certificate, it'll work forever until you redeem it. Or yeah, we die. No, it would still work with. It would still work, I if guess. We, so. If something happened to us, the, the site would still work. That's true. Be fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, would the Feather M7 be able to run a small OS such as, uh, I guess it's Xenix, Xenu? This I don't know. Uh, yeah. You really need to talk to NXP because some operating systems need special memory management units. I don't know what this chip can 
do with another operating system. All we've tried is CircuitPython. Yeah. Okay. Make no uh, promises. Let's see. We say hi to uh, I Orion's friend France, uh, Francesco. Hi, Francesco. He's a huge fan. Huge fan. Hello. That's fine. Um, all right. Let's see here. Uh, let's see. I think I got all of these questions over here. Um, Doing great. This one. Get into everything. Yeah. All right. Well, let's give something away, and uh, if there's other questions, we'll we'll get them. Um, we'll see how things go with. Uh, we already had one fun thing when you know all the streaming networks or one of them dies. It usually takes down the other ones, but we recovered right away. Thanks for yeah. your patience, everyone. Um, let's uh, do a giveaway. Okay. What do you want to give away? This We're going to give away one of these lidar lights. Yeah. IR sensors. Yeah. Okay. Get what the are the phone? rules? Rules are: if you've won something before, you can't win again on this show. Only one winner per my lifetime. So if you've won something before, please sit on your hands and don't call in. Even if nobody's calling in, just don't call in. Yeah. What we do is we just save it up. We for, just save it for next week. For um, the first person to call a phone and answer the three magical questions will win the prize, which is a LiDAR light before. The questions are, what's your name? Where are you calling from? And what's a project you're working on or you want to work on? And you will win a LiDAR light. Very handy. Garmin distance sensor good up to 10 meters. Yeah. I squared C. That's the Easy phone to use. number. You have to decipher it. Decipher it using your, but your I also, math numbers. I also post it in the chat. So yeah. That's what I they can do it. Yeah. We got the phone back up and running, everybody, so... Looks like we did. Call in. Do you want me to pick up, see if there's a dial tone? No. I think there is. I think there is. Um, and then as, a, as we're waiting, I will... Uh, Call in to win. Yeah. Call in to win. Sometimes the different chat rooms doesn't let me... We don't give up. Phone numbers. Well, let's see. Give everybody another minute, but I'm going to hit questions back in a second, too. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, doo -doo -doo. Has China started shipping again since the extension of Chinese New Year? Do the virus, uh, or just slow things down? Yeah, um, things have started shipping, and it did slow things down. And some of for a um, few weeks. Yeah, and some companies that do electronics like said their capacity is not 100%, not because they can't, but because they've diverted some of their resources to doing manufacturing for the Chinese government for things like, you know devices that look at temperature people and stuff yeah. like that. All right, I'm going to give it like one more minute and then that's that's going to be it. I don't want to pick up, but no, don't pick they're going to call at no, the time don't we pick up. up. Don't pick up. It's don't plugged pick in. Up. Everything's plugged in. Everything's fine. We just did it. Maybe this, nobody wants this LiDAR. That's fine. Oh! This is how it always goes. You have to be, you can't, you can't pick it up. Okay, I'm going to pick it up. Now you can pick it up. Hello, congratulations. You've called Ask Engineer and you're the winner. Oh, yay. Yay. What's your name and where you come from? Chad. I'm calling from Saskatoon, Canada. From Canada. What's your name again? Jack. Jack? Okay. Well, congratulations. You've won a LiDAR light from us, Adafruit. All you have to do to claim your prize is email support at adafruit.com and say you're Jack from Canada or whatever your name is because I couldn't quite make it out. And uh, ask for product number 4441 and they will send that out to you, even international. Not a problem. Yay. Yay. Well, what's a project you're working on or you want to work on? I am currently using LiDAR to find parts on a CNC mill. Okay. Well, then this That's might be a handy 
uh, device for you. Maybe maybe it's precise enough. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully. All right. Well, all you have to do is email support Adafruit to get your free part. And when you build your CNC mail, come by, show and tell, and show it off. We would love to see it. Congrats, Perfect. Jack. Thank you. All right. Congratulations. And have a Bye. good night. Bye. Easy. All right. Okay. So um, I put the question thing up, but that's fine um, because we were doing trivia question. It's still a question. I still have questions. Okay. So I can answer this one because someone just uh, asked. Um, can someone like me post a request on the job board? I have a specific programming test that I need that's way beyond me, and I'd be willing to pay someone to take it on. Exactly. Dan, who's asked that, is exactly why we made the jobs board. Exactly. Um, we always, when, when, you, when you post a job, it's not automatically approved. Um, myself or Lady Ada will look in to make sure it's not a scammer or spammer. Yep. Um, and uh, then it's released, usually within a few minutes, because it's like, that's what this is all we do. Um, and then you'll be able to uh, get people to contact you via the jobs board, and they'll say, oh, I have that skill set, I want to do that. So yeah, that's I exactly actually believe works. in skill exchange too. I think people should say, hey, if you're interested in helping with it, you know, I could help somebody with a 3D printing or molding project. Somebody wants to help me with a coding project. That's a great way to make new yeah. friends. Some people, um, just because you see companies on there, it's actually individuals. If you, if you scroll, put the old ones, um, folks will say like, um, you know, my company LLC. That's usually yeah. not a real name. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, individuals can do that too. And that's always worked out well. We've heard a lot of success stories. Um, the other question that came up is, uh, if a robocall called the number, would they win the prize? Only if they answered all the they questions. They have to answer the yeah. questions. If, if they're a good enough robot that they can answer those three questions. Yeah, it'd be fine. You could, you could probably train a robot to do it. Like, a, that's not a hard Okay. Hard they also thing have to, to email support. Like, I'm not going to email support for them. Yeah. No, they could, they could win. They have to do a bunch but, of stuff. You know, that, I, I think one of the things. There's no rule that says it has to be human. No. I think one of the things that, you know, there was that Google demo where um, it called and tried to make a reservation. Yeah, what happened to that? Uh, I think everyone agreed they didn't like that. But um, so you, I haven't seen that demo again. But um, I think that would be kind of a fun project for someone to do eventually is to have enough voice recognition because uh, this is a very specific trained data set you can do. You can listen to every single time we answered the phone, what you asked, what you did. This is this is this is doable. There's a good, there's a good amount of data for training. I agree. Yeah. All right, Neural, net me up. Okay. All right, Hi, thanks, everybody. everybody. That's our show for the night. Thank you so much. Thank you for um, making this a fantastic hour together. Um, please use code NeoWing. That'll get you 10% off all the way up to midnight tonight. Um, we'll see everybody next week. We're here every Wednesday, 8 p.m. for Ask an Engineer. Every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern for Show & Tell. Now, Pedro's show is next week, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Tomorrow, JP's show at 4 p.m. Eastern. Thank you so much, everyone, in the Adafruit chat behind the scenes. Let's see who's there tonight. It is Jesse May. Hi, Jesse May. Thank you, May. Thank you, Jesse May. Um, thank you to all the Adafruit team members that are here in New York City and all our remote team members. Thank you to all of our Adafruit community members and the folks who help out in Discord and all the chats and everything. And special thanks for continuing to make us a company that can stay independent and being a good cause and a good business. Um, we will uh, keep... A lot of people out there are jealous of it. Well... They want to destroy us. Well, I think... I think uh, we'll keep doing this, and that's okay. I, but, you know, we've, I think we've shown our work along the way, and um, there's lots of ways you can run a company. I think this is a good way to run a company. I think so, too. You can, you can, you can be a top company in your industry and space, and you can do it the right way. It's possible. And the electronics and electronic component world, it's a dirty, gross business and a dirty, gross industry, 
um, for lots of reasons. It's an old school thing, but I think we've brought something new to it. And uh, every single week when I see companies like DigiKey have like uh, Girls Who Code Night and doing stuff for Engineers Week, it's inspiring. And I, and I could see I could see the impact that Adafruit has, that companies like DigiKey have, that companies, that all these open source companies. Um, we're all kind of like doing skateboard tricks, looking over there. That's a cool trick. That's a cool trick, and we're we're, we're bringing this together. Yeah. So thank you everybody who's making this thing happen. I think we can show that the technology industry doesn't have to be super jerky. It could be okay. it could be good. So we'll see everybody next week. Thanks everybody. See you next week. Bye everybody. Bye. Here's your moment of Zener. <laughs>